All right, good evening, everybody. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 31, if you'd like to turn there in your Bibles. Genesis 31. While you're turning there, I'm going to pray. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to do this all electronically. Um, Probably should have been doing this for a long time, but um, circumstances have forced us into doing this, and, and hopefully we'll get better at it. And we just pray for your wisdom and your grace and your mercy as we try to do something new uncharted territory, um, but uh, you're in control, and we're very encouraged by that. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for your word. We pray that it would speak to our hearts, give us peace, and um, that we'll be blessed by it, but more importantly, we pray you're glorified by this service. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, welcome everybody for this uh, live broadcast only. It's the first time we've ever done it without people in the crowd, so it's a little different. I hope you're all safe and well. I wanted to throw this out before we get started into God's Word tonight, that please contact me if you need anything at all, Um, if you need me to come visit, if you'd like some prayer. Um, There's no reason I can't come, and I'll pure L up before I walk in your house, I promise. Um, But we still want that contact if you need it, if you need any supplies or anything. I got nothing better to do but drive around, shop, uh, go pick them up, and I'd be glad to take them to your house too. And and there's some other folks that have already volunteered to do that as well. So 660-254-3341, and I'll give that again at the end of the service tonight so that you know how to get a hold of us. Tonight we're in chapter 31. Jacob has uh, been blessed of God. Um, God has been taking care of him. Laban has been a difficult in-law to say the least. And as far as the wives go and his daughters go and so on. And so chapter 31 is where we see some separation take place that needs to take place. And uh, Jacob's had enough. He sees the circumstances around him changing. Um, He feels a, a, a strong desire in his heart to go home. And then God gives him a word. And I think those are the three things you want to pick up on in this first section is, first, the circumstances are unbearable for him. Secondly, God speaks to him by uh, seeing that the people around him aren't for him, but that he has a desire to get home to his family. And then thirdly, he waits, but gets a word from the Lord and he acts upon that. And so in chapter 31, beginning in verse 1, now Jacob heard the word of uh, Laban's sons saying, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's, and from what was our father's, he has acquired all this wealth. And Jacob saw the countenance of Laban, and indeed it was not favorable toward him as before. Then the Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers and to your family, and I will be with you. That's a permission, but that's also a command. It's time for Jacob to go home. It's time for Jacob to see Esau and and everything else that he's left behind and ran from. It's time for him to go back a changed man, a grown-up, and it's time for that journey to begin. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Um, Jacob's blessing from God is misinterpreted by those around him, all the people around him, the worldly people. They're not walking with the Lord. They worship other gods. They're, they're, uh, they're not there. 
And so when they see the blessing of the true and living God upon Jacob's life with all these goats being born to him, and we went over that last week a little bit, the spotted goats, the streaked goats, the brown goats, and all those all those born that color were Jacob's, and that seems to be all that's being born. And he just keeps getting blessed, and there's envy and jealousy developing. As Christians, we're not called to that. When we see another brother uh, being blessed or another sister uh, rising up and, 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 and going higher and higher, and God is exalting them, we're supposed to be encouraged by that and be happy for them. But the world doesn't see it that way. They see it as those people over there getting more than their fair share and that we deserve more. And we can see this being played out in this. No one's doing anything. There's no way to, 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 to make this happen. This has to be God's blessing upon Jacob's life. But Laban, as far as he's concerned, he must be talking about it at the dinner table with his boys. The boys don't know how to keep a secret that happens around the dinner table. And so they're talking outside the house. And Jacob picks up on this. And so he decides that maybe it's time for me to go, and God confirms that, you know what, Jacob, it is time for you to go. In verse 4, So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to the field, to his flock, and said to them, I see your father's countenance that is not favorable toward me as before. But the God of my father has been with me, and you know that with all my might I have served your father. Yet your father has deceived me and changed my wages ten times. But God did not allow him to hurt me. If he said thus, the speckled shall be your wages, then all the flocks bore speckled. And if he said thus, the streaked shall be all your wages, then all the flocks bore streaked. So God has taken away the livestock of your father and given them to me. Now, that gives us some insight as to what's going on. Some things not written. Ten different times, Laban sees Jacob being blessed and says, yeah, well, I'm changing my mind. It's all the streaked and it's all the spotted. And day to day, Jacob didn't know. Laban was trying to sneak in and grab all this blessing. Laban is a greedy guy. And we're going to see that here in chapter 43, or verse 43. Everything's going to come out in verse 43. Um, he's going to lose his temper. He's going to blow his top. Laban will expose himself. And so Jacob's tired of it. I never know what's going to happen, but it doesn't matter Jacob's learned to trust in the Lord. It doesn't matter what my boss says. It doesn't matter if he says, this is how it's going to be. or this. Is no matter what happens, I seem to be blessed. He can't put me down. He can't put me down. On a side note, what I see here with Laban as a, and, and with Jacob, especially Jacob as a, as a husband, he's communicating with his wives. This will be, in this chapter, the first time all three of these folks get on the same page. And it's interesting to watch. Jacob takes his wives and says, come out into the field with me where we can have some privacy. And we're going to talk about this situation. And Jacob doesn't just say, I'm the boss. This is what's going to happen. Here we go. He actually explains it to his wives, treats them like equals, talks to them about the situation. Of course, he's the leader of the house, but he doesn't need to keep everything a secret. This information, this communication helps the wives get on board and to understand his heart. It's so important, men, that we communicate with our wives, that we tell them what's going on, that we tell them maybe what God's speaking to us in our quiet time or a leading or direction. And please understand, as they've been put in a tough spot, uh, one of the scriptures is he, uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. 
Now, when it says the weaker vessel, maybe you're stronger than your wife. Maybe you're not. I don't know. That's between you and her. But the weaker vessel is she's put in a weaker position, a different position, a position of, well, God says that we've got to have one CEO in the house and the husband's going to be the CEO. He's going to lead and all the responsibility rests in him. But it doesn't mean that he needs to keep her out of the loop. He needs to let her know Um, communicate with her. He says that, dwell with them with understanding. Give them all of your information so that the wife doesn't have to just decide to follow, but can come alongside and say, I can see what God's doing. I'm with you on this. I understand it. Thank you for sharing that with me. I can be in prayer with you about this. I can confirm things. Maybe God's showing me things in scripture in my quiet time that I I, I can confirm things for you. Bring her alongside. It doesn't need to be a big mystery. And so for the first time, we see Jacob acting like a good husband. He's, there's no competition here. There's actual a consensus being formed on what they should do, spiritually speaking. And so he brings them out there and he gives them this attention. In Proverbs chapter 25, verse 11, it says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. This is such a blessing to them these wives, to have their husband communicate. I know it's weird to say their husband. Uh, we'll talk about that later, and we have discussed that in the past. It's, a, it's not a perfect situation. The marriages, the kids from all four different women in the household. I mean, you talk about a blended family. This is the original blended family. And yet when they come together and they communicate and they're talking about being led by the Lord, look at how order enters their life. It has been a chaotic, strange, disorderly place ever since they've been there with Laban. And the world can do that. The world can sneak into our lives and cause this chaos and this disorder. But when all of a sudden we focus on the Lord, remember we talked about that last Sunday, is seeking God's face so we can get eye contact with him to see what he's looking at, what he's concerned with. Once we get that face-to-face with him, all of a sudden order comes back into our life. Peace comes back into our life. Understanding, knowledge, wisdom, all the gifts of the Spirit can can flow, you know? A word of wisdom, a word of knowledge from God, and oh, you know? And that's what's happening here. It's a beautiful thing to see this blended family come into focus, and they're focused on the Lord, and it's beautiful. Verse 10 says this, and it happened at the time when the flocks conceived, Jacob still continuing to explain to his wives what happened that I lifted my eyes and saw in a dream, and behold, the rams which leapt upon the flocks were streaked, speckled, and gray spotted. Then the angel of God spoke to me in a dream, saying, underline that, the angel of God, spoke to me in a dream, saying, Jacob, and I said, here I am. And he said, lift your eyes now and see, all the rams which leap upon the flocks are streaked, speckled, and gray spotted, for I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you, uh, where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now arise, get out of this land, and return to the land of your family. Underline that part where he says, I am the God of Bethel. This is the angel of the Lord. He is the God of Bethel. This is none other than a Christophanes. This is a picture and an appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. And he also says, I'm the one that showed you the ladder earlier where you set up that pillar and poured the oil on it and had your little ceremony and all of a sudden I became your God and you were going to follow me. It's all Jesus. 
So we see a beautiful picture as he's explaining to his wives, I saw this, I had a dream. Here's what your dad's been doing to me ever since. God understands that. And he told me and encouraged me to go back to the land of my family. And now the wives have all the information. And so they're going to process that. And guys, understand that. When you let your wives know or your wives let you know something, and let that other person process a little bit. They're trying to catch up to you. They can't just automatically say, oh, I get it. I see. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Maybe they're like, are you kidding me? We're going back where? I think we're supposed to move back to California or Colorado or Florida. I don't think so. Give them time to pray about it, to seek the Lord like you have, to let the Lord speak to them. This is news to them. And so they're contemplating. They're thinking this through. Here's, what, here's their process. Watch Rachel and Leah. They said this. They answered and said to him, is there still any portion or inheritance for us in our father's house? These are rhetorical questions. No. Are we not considered strangers by him? Yeah. For he has sold us and also completely consumed our money. The dowry that Jacob had given them, that seven years worth of work for each one of these wives, was supposed to be kept back for her in case anything would happen in that marriage and Jacob would depart from his wife or divorce her. All that seven years wages was supposed to be saved up for their wives. And they look at it and they said, he's, he spent all of it. It's all gone. So they're thinking it through saying, we really don't have any reason to stay here. Our dad is kind of sneaky. He's kind of crooked. You know, and they're coming to that realization. They understand that. It says this in verse 16 for all these riches which God has taken from our Father are really ours and our children's. Now then, whatever God has said to you, do it. What a great place to be. People ask me that all the time. I don't know. I don't know how God's speaking to me. I don't know if I'm supposed to go this way or that way. And I have one. One answer, it's kind of a standard answer because I don't know what God wants to do with you, nor, nor does anybody else. It's really between you and the Lord. You, you got to seek it out. You got to find out what he wants. What's God's will for me? But do you have a peace about it? Is there peace? When God causes uh, Jacob to have these dreams and these thoughts and these ideas about going back home and he can see that it's super uncomfortable here. Laban's looking at me sideways every day. I don't know what he's going to do next. She explains it to his wives to get some confirmation. Here's what's going on. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what's happening with your dad. Here's the scripture that I've got or the dreams that I've had. And they're like, you know, I think it's okay. Let's do whatever God's telling you to do. Peace. It's the first time this household's had peace. And it's all because they've decided to submit to God's word, to God's leading, to God's direction. What an amazing thing. I want to seek God's will for my family. I want to know what he wants. I want to know what my wife's hearing from the Lord. I want to know what my kids think. I want to get all together when we decide maybe something big's going to take place. What does everybody think? Now, it's not a democracy. We're not all voting this. That's not, that's not what I'm getting at. But if God's in it, and we're all honestly seeking the Lord and not our own selves and our own self-interests, God will speak to all of us and give us a peace about it. We did that with this situation right here. I had some ideas about the coronavirus and COVID-19 and, and uh, you know, um, I've got my personal strong opinions about it. And so I'm thinking this through. What are we going to do? Everybody's shutting down churches. They're going live. Not me, you know, because I think, you know, snowstorm, ice storm, we're going to open the doors and we're going to have it open in case somebody wants to come. If they don't feel safe, they should just stay home. That's fine. 
Nobody's judging them for that, but we're going to be here in case somebody needs us, you know, so we're going to have the doors open, even if it's just me, you know, and the guys. I'd love to turn the camera around and show you the guys behind the camera who have come faithfully to make this all come together. We had a few technical difficulties, but we'll get better at it by Sunday, I'm sure. And so it was kind of a tough thing for me. What do I do here? I'm not alone. I've got a board. I've got a board of elders, guys that have been with us for decades now. And so I emailed them. I said, what do you guys think? What should I do? There's a couple options here. We can either go virtual, and I have a piece about that, but there was another option out there, and that was if the groups are supposed to be in groups of 50, Maybe we could add two services and have 50 people at a time. And instead of doing no church, maybe we could do five services, you know, and get 50 at a time. They could all come in and we'll still be within the CDC guidelines because we want to be a blessing. We don't want to buck the system just because. I know that a lot of people think we should. and I don't think that's true. I think we want to let the rulers that rule over us whom God has given us to do so with joy and not with grief. They're not asking us to deny Christ. They're not asking us to to stop church. They're saying, hey, for the love of all the people around you, let's just keep some distance here. And when there's big groups, let's keep it to 50. Well, it changed from 50 to 10. And that put me in a spot. That put us all in a spot. And so I asked the guys, I said, what do you guys think? And these two wise men said, I don't know. I said, if we really want to be in love and follow the spirit of the guidelines, we really need to go virtual. And that was a hard pill. That was one of those times where I was like, okay, you're all fired. You know, of course not. I had to pray it through and get it right. But this is wisdom from older men in the Lord that have been walking with the Lord and understand my heart and have the same heart. They're just as tough as iron as as I am. And they really want the word of God to go out no matter what. And I had to process that and think it through. And as I prayed, I was like, you know what? I even went and talked to the Nottoway County Health Director and he a great guy, wonderful conversation with him. And he liked the idea of going to the five services. He goes, I might mention that to the city. But it changed. It changed from 50 to 10. And, well, I can't do 20 services. Sorry, you know. Nor can our worship team, nor can the guys. It it just makes sense. God was obviously pushing in a different direction, we feel. So here we are, getting counsel, getting consensus. And there's a peace about it. There's something happening at homes. People are talking to each other, looking at each other. God's doing a work. Don't look at it as if we're not meeting like we're supposed to. Maybe we're doing something different. Maybe this Sunday, hold a watch party at your house. Invite your neighbors over, and we can do this with more people. You know, Um, There's ways to use this and, and bring God glory, and hopefully we do. Anyway, there's a peace about it. They've got a peace about it. It's a beautiful peace here with the family. First time they've ever had it. So Rachel and Leah, they go through this process. I want to read a scripture um, that that spoke to my heart. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 through 12. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. For the first time, this family isn't fighting each other. They're going against Laban. There's a common foe, and they understand it's not us. Leah didn't put herself in this position. Rachel didn't put herself in this position. Jacob didn't put himself in this position. There's one person that put this family together, as strange as it is, and it's Laban's fault for concealing Leah's identity 
that first night of marriage, for making Jacob work another seven years. That's on Laban. That's his fault for Rachel. The competition that's going on should have never taken place, should have never gone like this. It's Laban. Folks, I hope you can make that connection. Guys, we have one common enemy, and it's not the coronavirus. It's Satan. We battle not against flesh and blood. We're against a common enemy who wants to tear our families apart, wants to tear our culture apart, wants to tear us apart to keep us from trusting in the Lord. These folks, for the first time, have a common enemy and understand who it is, and they're in unity. We could be the same way as Christians. We have a common enemy, and it's not your wife, and it's not your husband, and it's not your kids, and it's not your boss. Satan loves to sow discord. He loves to bring in arguments, raise tempers, touch the flesh and poke at our flesh to get us riled up and worried, grabbing a lot of toilet paper that we don't need, you know. He loves to stir that part of us if we let him stir it. Whenever I feel stirred or I feel like my flesh is getting stirred up, man, I sit down like a mule. What is going on here? And I pray and I seek the Lord and that's what we need to do. What does God want me to do here? And so as I'm going shopping and I see the toilet paper sitting over there on the ledge, I didn't grab any. I didn't grab it. We, we probably need it at our house, but I didn't go get any. I figured, well, there's other ways to do that. We won't get into the details of that. And as I went past the toilet paper at Walmart, believe it or not, they had some there. There was an old lady trying to reach something on the top shelf. It was some saran wrap or something. You know, she needed the saran wrap. And they had stocked it clear at the top. No offense, but, you know, come on. So I said, ma'am, 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 can I get that down for you? And she goes, yes, you know, finally, you know. Someone, I saw her standing there and I grabbed it and um, because I'm such a great guy, I helped this old lady out, you know. And that's where we need a laugh track so everybody can hear me as a joke, of course. Yeah, very good. Thank you, guys. There's a lot of opportunities out there right now to show the love of Christ, there's a lot of scared older people out there that don't want to go to the stores and aren't sure. So if you got a business card and you see some old person, hand it to them, random, and say, if you need anything during this time, because we don't know how long this is going to last, would you call me? I would be more than glad to do any kind of shopping you need or come help you with something that's at, at your house, a clogged toilet, whatever it may be, because you're using the wrong paper. Who knows what they may need? Spread it out that you're available to go help. And this is going to be, a, it can be an amazing time. God can really use it. Verse 17, this is a long chapter. I don't know if I'll get through it all. Then Jacob rose and set his sons and his wives on camels. Everybody's on board. And he carried away all his livestock and all his possessions, which he had gained. His acquired livestock, which he had gained from Padanaram. So, uh, to go to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan. Now Laban had gone to shear his sheep, and Rachel had stolen the household idols. So as they're packing up, Rachel grabs all the household idols, and we don't know why she did it. Our first instinct is she isn't on board spiritually. Maybe she needs those idols to worship, or she's going to set them up. We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us that. I know they're made of gold and silver. I know they're valuable. Maybe she thinks they're hers. Maybe she thinks she's, I mean, as long as we're packing up and leaving in the middle of the night, maybe we ought to take some of our dowry with us that he's spent. And so who knows what her thoughts are in this. So before we judge Rachel, let's just take it for what it's worth. She snuck some household idols. Now here's what I can accuse her of. She's hiding it from her husband. She's doing things behind everybody's back. This is something 
she's come up with. And so anyway, it's going to be a problem later on, but it's also going to, it's going to work out. So she stole the household idols that were her father's and Jacob stole away unknown to Laban, the Syrian, in that he did not tell him that he, he intended to flee. So he fled with all that he had. He arose and crossed the river. He headed toward the mountains of Gilead. So they're off and running. Now they've got to get going. They're going to get a three days head start on Laban, but Laban's coming after him. Look, Jacob understands that if I tried to leave with Laban here, he's going to try to take everything. He won't let me take my goats. He's not going to let me take my sheep. He may not even let me take my grand or my kids. He'll call them his. My wives, he'll call them his. And guys, that's exactly what he says later on. Jacob's got a good sense of this guy, and he knows he's tricky. And from one trickster, Jacob, deceiver, to another, Laban, a thief knows a thief, you know? And so he gets that sense. Now, next week, Jacob's name gets changed to Israel, so that's a good thing, governed by God. But for now, he's still kind of tricky, Jake. And so here he is. What do we do? Sneak out in the middle of the night. Well, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, it says this, Behold, I, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, Jesus warning his disciples. So therefore, because of that, because of that situation, because of that strange um, difference, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. I don't know that Jacob's being wrong, if he's being deceitful in this, and, or, or more is he just being smart. Hey, we need to get out of here with our stuff. It's our stuff. We can move if we want to. Honestly, he can. There is no permission that needs to be given. He should be able to go at his will. And he says, it's best that we just put some distance between us and your father, you know, Laban. And so they do that. So I don't know that he's wrong. Now, verse 22, and Laban was told on the third day that Jacob had fled. So they got a three-day jump, about 20 miles a day. They're about 60 miles ahead. Then he took his brethren with him and pursued him for seven days. Took a while to catch up. Um, on their journey. And he overtook them in the mountains of Gilead. But God had come to Laban the Syrian in a dream by night and said to him, be careful that you speak to Jacob, neither good nor bad. I got my eye on you, Laban. Now, God tells him that because his intent is to go speak something bad to him. He says, you can go visit him if you want to, but I don't want you saying anything to him. And I'm watching you, Laban. So Laban gets this warning from God in the dream, don't do it. So Laban overtook Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the mountains, and Laban with his brethren pitched in the mountains of Gilead. And Laban said to Jacob, What have you done that you have stolen away unknown to me and carried away my daughters like captives taken with the sword? Why did you flee away secretly and steal away from me and not tell me? For I might have sent you away with joy and songs, with timbrel and harp. Liar. No, he wouldn't have. That wasn't his intent at all. But that's what a manipulator does. And maybe you have people like that in your life that'll try to put it on you. Jacob knows very well what Laban will do. Laban's been doing this to him for 21 years. He knows his boss. He knows his father-in-law very well. And this was not how it was going to go down. Harps and, and timbrels and song and joy. Mm -mm. The way Laban speaks about these ladies, you took my daughters like you stole them. No. If anybody paid for anything, Jacob paid, didn't he? But that's what a manipulator does, tries to make you feel like you're the bad guy, like you've done something wrong. Hey, I wanted to have a big party, good go, big going away. I might have done that. Yeah, you might have, but you weren't enough. And you did not allow me to kiss my sons and my daughters. 
that's kind of how they saw it back then. All the grandkids were really, you know, were, were, were offspring, you know, and so they're mine. And uh, so you'll see that through the Old Testament, my father, David, our father, David. Well, that's like great, 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 great grandfather, David, but that's not how they spoke. And so when he says that it's okay, but he really means it. Those are my kids, not your kids, because he'll confirm that in 43. I wanted to kiss my grandkids goodbye, but you took them. Now you have done foolishly in so doing. It is in my power to do you harm. Now he's threatening him. So this was not going to be a good going away party after all. But the God of your father spoke to me last night saying, be careful that you speak to Jacob neither good nor bad. And now you have surely gone because you greatly long for your father's house. But why did you steal my gods? So really why I'm here is to get my gods back. And we don't know why Rachel did it. And honestly, she might have been so in love with the true and living God that she didn't want her dad to continue worshiping these things. We're going to give her the benefit of the doubt. Then Jacob answered and said to Laban, Because I was afraid, for I said, Perhaps you would take your daughters from me by force. With whomever you find your gods, do not let them live. In the presence of our brethren, identify what I have of yours and take it with you. For Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen them. So he says, I, we didn't steal anything from you. Whoever you find those things with, you just go ahead and kill them right now. You have my permission. You go ahead and search my stuff. But this is the last time you're going through my stuff. Identify what's yours, take it, and go. I don't want to have another conversation with you. That's the gist. That's what he's getting at. And Laban went into Jacob's tent, into Leah's tent, and into the two maids' tents, but he did not find them. Then he went out of Leah's tent and entered Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the household idols, put them in the camel's saddle, and sat on them. And Laban searched all about the tent, but did not find them. And she said to her father, Let it not displease my Lord that I cannot rise before you, for the manner of women is with me. And he searched, but did not find the household idols. The manner of women being it was her time of the month. And so forgive me if I don't stand up right now. And of course that made it unclean in the house. And so he gets out of there and leaves and assumes she's telling the truth. Now, Jacob's been with his father-in-law for 21 years, being ripped off by him um, time and time again, changing his wages. Nothing's been fair, been deceived the first 14 years. So he's been rehearsing a speech for a while, and now it's time to let it go. Then Jacob was angry and rebuked Laban. And Jacob answered and said to Laban, now, you know he's got the, you know how you do that? You go through the scenario. If I was there, I'd say this, and then I'd do this, and then if they did that, I'd say this, and you know how that is. Well, this is Jacob's chance. He's going to unload on him. What is my trespass? What is my sin that you have so hotly pursued me? Although you have searched all my things, what part of your household things have you found? Set it here before my brethren and your brethren, that they may judge between us both. These 20 years I have been with you, your ewes and your female goats have not miscarried their young, and I have not eaten the rams of your flock. That which was torn by beasts I did not bring to you, I bore the loss of it. You required it from my hand, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. There I was. In the day, um, the drought consumed me, and the frost by night, the sleep departed from my eyes. Thus I have been in your house 20 years I served you, 14 years for your two daughters, and six years for your flock, and you have changed my wages 10 times. Unless the God of my father, the God of Abraham, the fear of Isaac, had been with me, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. God has seen my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. 
oh, I bet he feels better now. I know I would. And you know everybody else around him has got their jaws dropped like, wow, you know, this is awkward. It's okay. Jacob is speaking to his father-in-law. This is something that should have been dealt with a long time ago. Laban needs to be called on it. This is okay to share that with him. You know what? Show me the stuff. Where's the stuff? There isn't any stuff, is there? You know? And he lets him know this is what's been going on this whole time. Now look at Laban's answer. Now the manipulator shows himself. And Laban answered and said to Jacob, These daughters are my daughters. These children are my children. This flock is my flock. All that you see is mine. There it is. He's felt like that the whole time. Jacob's been an intruder. Jacob's been stealing my daughters from me. Jacob's been having all these kids. Those are my kids. Jacob's been doing this with the flock. Those are all my goats. He wouldn't have anything. That's how he thinks. That's how this in-law thinks. There's never been a separation between the in-laws and the married couples. There's never been a separation. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, knit together. Supposed to happen, needs to happen. Some distance needs to be put there. Some boundaries need to be laid out. This is hard. This is a message for all you young married folks out there that are still calling mom and still calling dad and trying to get them to side with you against your husband or against your wife. You need to stop that. But it's also a message to me because I'm an in-law. I don't think of myself that way. I think of JC having in-laws. Hello, Allens out there, and hello, Warners, if you're watching. But I never think of myself as an in-law, but I am. And I need to keep my distance from those two uh, couples, Seth and, and, his, and his family, JC and his family. Um, I love their kids, and I love them, but all that they have is theirs. All that they've done is theirs. And if I ever gift or try to be a blessing to them in any way, there are no strings attached. There can't be. Hey, just take it and go. I'll never ask for that back. You know, I'll never call you on that and say, you know, you wouldn't have that if it wasn't for me. No, that's all you. In-laws, parents out there that haven't made that break with their kids yet who are married, you need to be the ones to step up and make that break and put some boundaries there. When your daughter calls you or your son calls you to try to get you to side with them, you need to say, you know what? You shouldn't be talking to me. You need to be talking to your spouse. Push them back towards their spouse. Let them work through that. All of us have to do that. We all have to be cleave to our wives, to cleave to our husbands, and to, to be close to them and to work things out together. That's how it needs to happen. That's what's taking place here. Laban shows all of his cards. Everything you have is mine. But he says, what can I do this day to these my daughters or to their children whom they have born? In other words, that's the only reason I'm not doing anything because your God stepped in and because I love my daughters and my kids that are not really his. Now, therefore, come, let us make an, a covenant, you and I, and let it be a witness between you and me. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillar. Then Jacob said to his brethren, gather stones. And they took stones and made a heap, and they ate there on the heap. Laban called it, um, well, that thing. Jacob had a much simpler name for it, um, Galid. And Laban said, this heap is a witness between you and me this day. Therefore, its name was called Galid, also Mizpah. I like that, Mizpah. 
because he said, May the Lord watch between you and me when we are absent one from another. If you afflict my daughters or if you take other wives beside my daughters, although no man is with us, see, God is witness between you and me. This word Mizbah was used for a while by the church to, uh, to, to be kind of a, 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 a goodbye, you know, uh, to missionaries or to friends, you know, ah, Mizbah, may God watch between you and me while we're apart. It's really not what it means. What it means is God's watching you. And if you do something wrong, he's going to get you. So it was a bad thing, actually. So what they're saying is, don't cross this, this rock pile that we just sat on. This is the barrier. Don't come on this side of it, and I won't come on that side of it. This is the barrier. This is the line in the sand between you and me. Now, if you haven't figured out where Jacob's headed, he's heading back towards Esau, which we'll talk about next week a little bit. It's kind of an interesting deal. He's got a barrier now. He, there, there is no going back to Laban in that home. There is a, a rock pile there, and we've made a covenant, and I can't go past there. So he's drawn a line, and now he's truly facing his father's house and heading back towards Esau. And there's another problem over there waiting for him that has to be dealt with. It's a good thing. Anyway, this heap is a witness between us. Mizpah, they called it. Verse 51, then Laban said to Jacob, here is this heap and here is this pillar which I have placed between you and me. This heap is a witness and this pillar is a witness that I will not pass beyond this heap to you and you will not pass beyond this heap, this pillar to me for harm. The God of Abraham, the God of Nahor, and the God of the Father judge between us. God of their father judged between us. And Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac, and that's just another way that's capitalized. The word fear there is capitalized. It's just another name for the Lord, the fear of the Lord. And that's the, so the fear of, uh, of his father Jacob, the God of his father Jacob. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice on the mountain and called, this play, called his brethren to eat bread, and they ate bread and stayed all night on the mountain. And early in the morning Laban arose and kissed his sons and daughters and blessed them. And Laban departed and returned to his place. Wow. Some distance. Some in-laws need to know that, you know. This is a good thing. God is, God is going to be the center of this family. God is trying to raise up Jacob, remember, to be Israel, the father of a nation with which, remember the genealogy, that the Messiah is going to be born from. This family needs to be a unit. They need to be together, and they can't do it in Laban's house. They need to do it together as a family here right now, and God being the center. And I hope you receive that tonight, that God would be the center of your families. And if he's not, make him the center. Wives, if you're watching, make God the center. Trust God. Let your husband lead. Help him through this process. He doesn't want that burden on his shoulders and, and nobody, that's a lot of weight. That's a lot of responsibility. And yet we're called to that. Help him through that process. Be a part of it. Pray for him. Lift him up. Be on his team, all of you and your families. Right now in your homes, seek the Lord together. How do we want to work this whole thing out? Either we're going to put fear into our kids. We're going to start arguing with each other because we don't know what to do with ourselves. So tight together in our homes. We probably ought to know how to do that. Playing games, having fun, doing crafts, going on little outdoor adventures, going to the park, you know, doing these things together as a group and uh, learning to be that family, praying together every night, 
We've all got a common enemy right now. It's this little bug that's floating around. Pray against it. Everybody can pray against this COVID. That's okay. Um, use this time. It's an opportunity. Um, pray for those that are getting sick. Find out how God can use you to be a blessing to your neighbors and to your, the elderly that come to your mind. You know what? You want to learn how to walk in the Spirit and let the Holy Spirit speak to you? When someone comes to your mind throughout this time, don't throw it out as just a, a, a thought or as, as a, um, a distraction. Maybe God's putting that person on your mind for a reason. Call them. Go visit them. Check up on them, whatever it may be. And see if they need any help. It could be the Holy Spirit. They may be praying. God, I don't know who to call. I don't know what to do. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit wakes you up, and I think I better go help them. Go. And if nothing's necessary, if they don't need anything, you don't have to feel foolish. You say, can I pray with you before I go? That may be all they need is just some comfort. We're not alone in this, you know. There's someone willing to come to my house. I can call them. They, they left their phone number. I, the fear is gone. I have a peace in my heart. You may be just a peacemaker, you know. That's a good thing. So I, I, I pray that God uses this in a mighty way through Calvary Chapel and all the other churches that have had to go to this kind of format right here. I pray we'd really use it. It'd be a blessing. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that um, we're comforted by it. It doesn't matter what chapter we pick, what scripture we begin to read. It is all applicable. There is no need to make the Bible relevant today. It just is relevant. Your word is relevant all the time. So we thank you for tonight's chapter. We thank you for the blessing that it was to worship together through kind of a funny way. But hey, whatever you want to do, God. They thought radio was crazy before, and, and the ministry has been such a blessing to so many people through radio. And they thought printed Bibles were crazy way in the, back in the day, and, and it's been such a blessing. And so here we, we have a new way. What a blessing. And we pray that your word goes out. Many, many people get saved. Many, many people are touched by you, Jesus. I pray that we would be hands and, your hands and feet as we go out through this whole process or forever how long it is. Help us to just be the love of Christ to those around us, to bless them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you guys. We're going to post this later on, so it'll be live or not live. It'll be up there and uploaded on the website, and you can watch it later or whatever you need to do. Have a good night.